what is up my dudes welcome to olympia oddities i'm trista and i'm steven and today we're telling you about a vintage missing persons case that goes all the way back to the 60s and takes place right here in thurston county washington christopher bridgman jr had just gotten his first taste of success in the limelight when he mysteriously disappeared from a lacy motel leaving behind his six-year-old child who wasn't discovered until days later We'll discover the bizarre circumstances behind his disappearance, discuss some theories, and cover another mystery that has or originated from this case. Let's get into it. I think that you're going to find this one interesting. No, my brain is already broken from everything that's just in the intro to that. Yeah, I first learned about this case when I <laughs> went to a... It was at McMinimins in Centralia, the Olympic Club. It was a talk that this guy did. I can't remember his name, but it was like the... It was like a couple missing persons cases from the Pacific Northwest that were like kind of unheard of cases. And this was one that I was sitting there and I was like, what? 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 And I was and then I was like, how have I never heard of this? That's insane. That's how you found out about this? Yeah. Oh, man. So according to the whereabouts still unknown blog write up I found on Christopher's disappearance, he was born on December 23rd, 1929, to parents Martha and Christopher Bridgman Sr. The couple had one other kid, a boy, so Christopher grew up with a brother around. In 1955, Christopher married a woman named Christy Teagert, and they had two children together, a son and a daughter. Christopher and Christy eventually ended up getting a divorce in 1962, a few months before his disappearance. Despite the divorce, Christopher had things in his life going pretty well. He was a country musician and a guitar player, hey. and he was regularly touring the West Coast and playing shows. He even had his first hit on the radio, which, which played frequently on the local radio stations. The hit was still in heavy rotation at the time of his disappearance. I looked for the song, but I wasn't able to find it anywhere or even the title of it. And like, if anyone is able to track this information down, please send it my way because I would love to be able to hear this. Now I kind of want to track it down. I want to like look up the like the the country stations like back in that era, and like kind of, I don't know that it's gonna to be tough, but yeah, I, now I kind of want to take a stab at it and see if there's nothing, anything that I can kind of find out of it. Yeah, because I'm also not sure if he even recorded it under under the name like Christopher. That's another good point. I, I don't know if he had like a country stage name or anything like that. Um, it's just weird because it's like it was played on this radio station and everything, so it was like. You know, had some sort had of like quasi. some traction, yeah. but I can't even find the name of it. That's yeah, that's weird. So I guess there's actually kind of two mysteries that come out of this. Well, three. Three. Ooh. What happened to him? One that we'll get into later, and this mystery song. The date of Christopher Bridgman Jr.'s disappearance is listed as January first, nineteen sixty-three. But I'm not quite sure if that's the actual date of his disappearance or a filler date that they gave because they were unable to determine the exact date that he went missing. Great police work. But also, if you can't figure it out, you know, that's... And just, we'll get into it, but the yeah. way that he disappeared and, like, it wasn't really reported in a timely manner... No, absolutely. We do know that during early January, Christopher had been at the Barrett Hotel on Martin Way East in Lacey, Washington. I work on that road. He was at this motel for a visitation period with one of his kids, who was six years old. He left his kid alone, saying that he needed to go see his father, Christopher Bridgman Sr., but he never returned to the hotel room. 
Two days later, a hotel employee found Christopher's six-year-old son all by himself in the hotel room, and the hotel manager took the kid to his uncle's house. And understandably, the kid was very hungry and very upset. That's so sad. I know. And it makes me wonder, it's like, why did he leave his kid there? Was it just like not great parenting or did he possibly have like a feeling of like i think something bad's gonna happen i gotta leave my kid here to protect him that's another great yeah initially the bridgman family wondered if christopher could have run off on them on purpose his music career was doing really well and his first hit was playing on the radio they wondered if he could have just taken off to start a new life leaving them all behind Several incidents have steered investigators and Bridgman's family away from this line of thinking, and is now thought that Christopher Bridgman was a victim of foul play. The Social Security Administration doesn't have any records of any earnings made by Christopher Bridgman since 1963, the year that he disappeared. None of his friends or family have had any sort of contact with him. Christopher Jr.'s mother, Martha, died in 1980, and his father remarried in 1981. Bastard. No, good for him. But the most curious piece of evidence was revealed when Christopher Bridgman Sr., his dad, died in 1993. Christopher Jr.'s driver's license was found amongst his father's belongings. Christopher Sr. had told investigators that after his son went missing, he dedicated two weeks out of the year where he would travel around cities on the West Coast looking for him and filing missing persons reports. However, Investigators weren't able to find any evidence of him actually going out and looking for Christopher, and even worse, he never filed a missing persons report for him when he initially disappeared. They did find a missing persons report filed for him, but it hadn't been filed until decades after his disappearance. Now presenting the new RuPaul single, Sir, Why You Actin' Sus? Oh my god. <laughs> but yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in there. Like, why would his driver's license be there? Um, It's really weird that he, like, claims that he's going out and looking for his son, but then, like, he wasn't. Why are you acting sus? And he didn't report his disappearance until decades after. Why are you acting sus? <laughs> in 2004, a family member approached the rest of the family with a theory. This theory was that Christopher Sr. had murdered Christopher Jr. and buried him in his basement. In 2005, investigators examined the basement for evidence. The sheriff's department searched the location for as long as they could, but it was a difficult task because the house was run down and really unstable. This search only unearthed some animal bones. The family had the home demolished after the search, and investigators brought in cadaver search dogs, a soil scientist, and an archaeologist to examine the site. The continued searches did not find any further evidence. The mystery of Christopher Bridgman's disappearance had another twist when in 2017, a family member's entire collection of clues and information on the case was stolen from their workplace. Christopher's daughter, Cindy Morris, was only two years old when her dad disappeared from that Lacey Hotel. She spent years of her life collecting information and photos about the case, notes on people involved that she's interviewed, and videos of local news coverage on her dad's disappearance. She kept all of this information inside two briefcases. Her work office was broken into one weekend in October of 2017, and thieves made off with both of the briefcases. She told the Olympian that, Everything was in those briefcases. I have nothing now. 
It's definitely a setback because I had so much information, there's no way I could have remembered it all. Morris asked for the return of the briefcases with no questions asked. Along with solving the case, her wishes are to recover her dad's body and give him the proper burial that he deserves. Christopher Bridgman Jr. was 33 years old at the time of his disappearance, which would make him 92 years old this year. Wow. He is a white male, 5'10", and 160 pounds with brown hair. If you have any information on his disappearance, the investigating agency for the case is the Thurston County Sheriff's Office at 360-786-5742. Let's get into some theories and some questions that this case made me think about. Do you think that Christopher Sr., his dad, was responsible for the murder? I definitely lean that way. Um... I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know. I, I initially went to like, this dude definitely knows more than he's leading on. I almost think that like, I, okay, where my mind initially went was that he definitely hoped his son like get away or something, you know, or it, if that was the initial, I, I, I don't know. That's That's what I thought. I don't necessarily think, but I'm not ruling that out either, though. What about, like, a shady record executive deal? Hitman thing? I don't know. I'm just thinking, like, this one's so weird that it's, like, it's hard not to get totally out there with, like, I mean, that's that's possible, too, because I did have that one tweaker lady, like, outside of Walmart stop me, and she went on about how, like, don't get into the music business because it's all run by the mob. And like, like literally, she, she she told me this. She was just telling you facts. <laughs> She's like, it's, it's all run by the mob. She Don't get into life it. You're advice your for soul free ninety nine. And I was like, cool. <laughs> <laughs> but that's yeah, that's a that's a possibility. I definitely think that. I don't know. I kind of lean towards his dad because I think it's weird that his dad was in possession of his driver's license that at is the time weird. that he passed away. But it is weird that they didn't find any trace of his body on the property, but that definitely doesn't rule out the fact that he could have murdered him and just gotten rid of his body, you know, not on his own property. He could have, you know, taken it to the ocean or the woods or something, a lake. Mm-hmm. It's the Pacific Northwest. Unfortunately, there's no shortage of places for people to hide bodies if they really want to. And then, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but was that not also before, like, DNA evidence? and Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say. So that's, yeah. Loose ends, loose strings, frayed knots. And then this was something that came to me when I was, like, researching this and typing this up. How did he leave the motel? Was it on foot? Did he take a car? And if he took a car, did they just never find the car? Or was he on piggyback? <laughs> yeah, he had a friend come by and he jumped up onto his shoulders. and he. Or actually, I don't know. I don't know. I work in Lacey. I see some weird stuff. Like, there's a dude. Right behind where I work, there's like this really rundown, sketchy looking apartment complex, all single level, all probably one room. And there's this one dude that has like bicycles and he puts like just the tiniest little motors on him and he gets putting and going. You just hear this. That's as high as it goes. Yes, but this is modern day, Lacey. We're talking about like vintage before it got real weird, Lacey, like. It's just weird that, like, it, this is the issue with some of these older true crime cases is a lot of details like that that would be really helpful, knowing whether he left on foot or in a car, are just lost to time. I'm going to say piggyback. <laughs> and then, just going back to 
him leaving his kid alone. Do we think that that was just not great 1960s parenting? Or I almost lean towards he had a feeling that like something bad was going to happen and he left his kid there on purpose. But also at the same time, like he could have given a heads up to like the hotel manager or something like uh, even just saying like, hey, I might come home late. Could you peek in on my kid? I don't know. I don't know. But I don't know. Maybe maybe it wasn't even like a. Like, he knew something bad was going to happen, but maybe he just had, like, a, a gut feeling. That he was going to be back or something. Or that something would happen to him to leave the kid there. Or yeah. maybe he was going to meet his dad to talk about something that a kid shouldn't be there for. Whether, like, money or, like, relationship stuff. You know what I mean? I'm just trying Monster to trucks. think. No, that's a kid conversation. Kids would be super upset if you left them out of a conversation on monster trucks. Especially a six-year-old boy. No, like, monster trucks. Like trucks that are monsters. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then do you think the briefcases were stolen on accident? Or do you think it could have something to do with the case? That, I don't know. I need to I need to look a little more into that. Like what else was stolen? Was it just like... I don't think that like the briefcases were ever returned. But I, I kind of lean towards they happened to grab those because they probably thought that there was like something important in them. That's where I'm at. Which with there that. was something yeah. important in them, but you know, the thieves probably, probably... not to the person that stole it. Yeah. Exactly. And there it's was super a, oh, un- look at these Samsonites. <laughs> and it's super unfortunate that those got stolen. And I really hope that those are returned one day because those probably have a lot of information in them and uh, that could help solve the case and, you know, sentimental value, the photos, especially. Oh, I'm sure that she wants those returned of her dad. We hope that Christopher Bridgman Jr.'s family gets the closure that they deserve and that the briefcases are returned to them unharmed. Thank you for listening to another episode of Olympia Oddities. If you want to support our podcast, you can do that by leaving us a five-star review, recommending us to a friend, and following our social media pages at Olympia Oddities Podcast on Facebook or Instagram, or by heading to buy me a coffee and leaving us a tip. We're trying to raise some funds to bring y'all the... to bring y'all the best possible Pacific Northwest True Crime Fest experience that we can. We're always taking submissions for episode topics to cover, so if you want to submit an idea, you can DM us or email us at olympiaoddities at gmail.com. I'm Trista, and you can follow my personal Instagram at SaloonGhost. I'm Steven, also known as Flat Freddy Pancake. Uh, You can find me at the Steven Ramirez on Instagram. And until next time, friends.